Conspiracy theorist and the Minister for Yelling, Alex Jones, welcome to The Herd Mentality. Thanks for your time. Now, my listeners... They know your script. How do you think they perceive the quality of this show? It's very low. Probably the most factually correct thing we'll hear from you this interview. How do you think our discussion might affect listeners? Anybody knows that if somebody jumps off the Empire State's building, they put cops up there the next day because copycats come to do it again. So simply listening to this show could actually drive people to suicide? I actually actually did pull up the statistics. Here, let me pull them out right here. I figured you'd do that. Enlighten me. Uh, there were about 11,458. Sounds about right. But how would you describe listeners of your own show? Hordes of people burning down cities and beating old women's brains out every day. I see. We have a lot in common. What sort of weapons do they use? Have you seen the FBI numbers? Knives, bats, rocks. Now, you realize I'm most likely going to copy and paste this out of context, yes? I'm sick of the same old script here, bud. Very well, bud. So let's switch it up a gear. You openly admit that you're a recreational user of over a dozen drugs. How about Prozac? No, thank you. No, I'm trying to quit. I want to get lost pills. Which pills specifically? Mass murder pills. They make mass murder pills? Do you have a bodyguard? No. Should I consider one? Why do you have bodyguard? I don't yet, but I feel like I probably should get some. Perhaps arm them with... Uh, uh, M4 AR-15 variants. A reasonable precaution. Uh, how many uh, chimpanzees can dance on the head of a pin? Um... Maybe one? Over 140. I have the proof. No, it's okay. I'm prepared to believe it on face value. You're a hatchet man. And I want to say this right here. You think you're a tough guy? Have me back with a boxing ring in here, and I'll wear red, white, and blue, and you can wear your Jolly Roger. Hmm. The issue of gun control in the U.S. 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. No, but... but Oh, whoa, got to cut that off, don't you? No, I... More guns means less crime. How do we... The Second Amendment isn't there for duck hunting. No, it's... Well, we did it as a way to bring attention to the fact that we have all of these foreigners and the Russian government, the official Chinese government... Mao said political power goes out of the barrel of a gun. He killed about 80 million people because he's the only guy that had the guns. You're not being reasonable. And when they get our guns, they can have their world tyranny. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Wait. We will not relinquish them. Do you understand? Alex, did you just orgasm? Yes, I am finished. Okay. So then... The tyrants did it. Hitler took the guns. Stalin took the guns. Mao took the guns. Oh, this is pointless. Armored vehicles, tanks, helicopters, predator drones, armed, now in U.S. skies. Alex, stop. If you had one outcome for the safety of the U.S., what would it be? Total gun ban for the citizens. Oh, thank goodness. Alex Jones, president of the One Direction fan club, thanks for your time. Criminal elements of the military-industrial complex, the same ones that staged Gulf of Tonkin, the same ones that staged operation... Welcome to The Herd Mentality, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic, humanistic and scientific conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, entertain you with some scintillating repartee. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, found on Twitter, Facebook and Google+, and it's time to meet our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, down the line with me, I've got Rich at Icky Pants. Hello. Hi, how are you? Extra good. Thanks for caring. Now, for those interested in uh, finding out more, your Twitter handle is I-C-H-Y-P-A-N-T-S. So, whereabouts are you based? I'm at Portland, Oregon. Fantastic. And we, we just met off air, and you mentioned that you have some sort of weird, obscure disease. It's nothing I'd ever heard of. Yeah, I hadn't either. Let me clarify this. It's exclusionary diagnosis. You have a pile of symptoms. Mm -hmm. We've run tests. We don't know what that means. It's screwy. 
hey, we categorized it into this. Right. And am I correct in saying it's a disease? Disorder syndrome, sure. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, we'll keep it broad. So what are the yeah. symptoms? The one that I started going to a doctor with years ago, it's called hypersomnia. So I'll go to bed for four days. I'll be awake for four or five hours in a day. And I'll go right back to sleep. So it's not like if you've been exhausted on a bender or a studying, you know, I'm perfectly fine. I go to bed and I don't wake up for 16 hours. See, in Australia, we use the English language. We call that very short hibernation. Yeah. What was the term again? Hypersomnia? Hypersomnia. Hi so insomnia hyper. is lack of sleep, somnia sleep, so hyper too much. Yeah. Bang, out of the blue. Yeah. What do you use to wake yourself up and continue to be functional or is it simply something that you just can't do? Well, right now we haven't figured that out. We're managing it by massive doses of Adderall. Right. In fact, the psychiatrist who made the prescription, she actually got a call from the government authority because she tripled a dosage. <laughs> And gave me a 90-day supply, and they thought, well, that's just a little funny. Mm, um, this guy's trying to keep horses awake for weeks. <laughs> well, uh, the, the generic name for Adderall is called amphetamine salts. In, in Australia, you call it pee. <laughs> so <laughs> we call it methamphetamine or meth up here. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the prescription form of that. So it's a monitored drug. They actually limit the amount of imports and how much can be manufactured. So when she triples the dose and gives a 90-day prescription, that raises a red flag. Mm. Can I tell you and, and make an, a joke at your expense, if I may? Absolutely, please. The, the one joke I've got is, what's the best thing about being a meth addict? What's that? It's only three more sleeps till Christmas. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, I can say the same thing, except <laughs> mine might last for, you know, three months. <laughs> so, so three months, just a, a period of four or five days at a time and then a couple of functional days and then back into it? Yeah, it started. I've, I've had problems with this ever since I was a teenager. But typically what would happen is it would kind of come on and I'd sleep for a couple days and then I'd be fine and then it would come back in. And I always chalked it up to I'm working too much or hmm. studying too much or I'm burning the candle at both ends. Mm -hmm. And when I got into my 30s, I had a job where I traveled a lot. I was on an airplane two or three days a week. In 2005, I did 148,000 actual butt-in-seat miles. Wow. After that, I didn't fly first class for, or uh, coach for, or cattle class for six months. It was great. But as a result of that, I'd get on a plane, I'd go right to sleep. So this has been going on. But, I, you know, I'd get my sleep through the plane and so forth and kind of stumbled my way through the airport like everybody else. And after I quit flying around, I went back to school, was finishing a degree, and I was having a really hard time finishing things, and I started crashing. I had a sickness for about a week. It was like the flu, but I didn't run a fever, so, well, that's viral. There's no point in going to the doctor, but it lasted a week. And then after that happened... This was, oh, two years ago, almost now. After that happened, it just came on for a period of about eight months. I was in bed. Is there an association with depression at all? There is, and I've had problems with that my whole life. Mm -hmm. When I'm in the middle of this, it's not like depression. I call it foggy brain. So when I was awake, I was very grouchy, not nice, and I'd stare at the wall. I could stare at the wall for hours and not think anything. It was just static. I'd sit down to look at some computer code th that I had written, a simple conditional statement. If four is greater than five, do something. And it was like Greek. If you remember as a, as a child in grade school, you'd see an algebra equation and you didn't know what the letters meant. 
like that. Stuff that you'd created just didn't register. So, so you're sleeping yeah. when you're awake? Kind of. It's tough to say, but I'm not there. I call it, I call it foggy brain. That's a technical term, listeners. Yeah, <laughs> foggy brain. So there was that. So you know, I'd gone to doctors and the wife and I had had many arguments about this because I'd gone to doctors and they'd bring up chronic fatigue syndrome and these other strange disorders that just didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So we were doing some researching one night and we came up with the term hypersomnia, went to the doctor and he went, oh, hey, I, that's different. That's not fatigue. That's not tired. You're, you're actually asleep. Yes. So we go off to a sleep doctor and the sleep doctor, she normally does sleep apnea. And I've got a really mild case, which, by the way, as a side note, if you do snore, the great thing about the machines when they put you on, even though they're kind of cumbersome, you get a good night's really, sleep. Oh, my God. You wake up in that tired, crappy feeling you have in the morning. Mm-hmm. Gone. First night. Gone. Anyway, I need coffee. Get out of my way. Yeah, that's just gone. You, you wake up. You kind of come online in a few minutes and you're happy. It's, I love my CPAP. Uh, I digress. Anyway, I go to the sleep doctor, you know, we go through the bits. And so she's asking about this hypersomnia and she asks me kind of a strange question and she phrased it. Now, and I want to preface this. The doctor was very professional, but she asked me, okay, um, how is your libido? I'm like, what? Okay. So, um, it's a strange question. Are you excited? And she's got kind of a twinkle in her eye. Because it's a naughty thing, right? But she's, again, she's being professional. And I'm just like, whoa, how did you know? And she says, tell me what you mean. Um, And I said, well, I'm 39 and I feel like I'm 16 years old. (laughs) You know, she asked some details that I won't go into, but she's, you know, how how elevated is it? And I'm like, I can get off four or five times a day. Goodness. Yeah. To which she giggled and I turned red. But... She went, oh, my God. (laughs) And she got, oh, her face lit up. It's like, oh, wow. So she heard about this strange disorder back in medical school, okay, and probably some sort of pathophysiology class, and it's called Klein-Levin syndrome. Symptoms are go to bed for weeks and hypersexuality. Giggle, giggle. Isn't this funny? (laughs) But it's really, really rare. So she hands me some literature and says, okay, I want you to go through this. Keep in mind, you have this group of symptoms, and we can't find anything else. So keep that in mind. So I look through it, look through some other literature. It's a bit dated, but there's like 400 known cases. Where's Dr. House when you need him? Yeah, really. <laughs> so 400 known cases, literature at the time, which I'm, it was dated, and 80-some high percentage resolved by age 21. So I'm 39. So this puts me in this thing that really rare. And uh, the treatments thus far is we have a 40% response, doesn't really get into the details there, uh, when we give them lithium. So we go back and forth. And by this time, things are largely, I'm coming out of it. I'm not in sleep for weeks on end. Oh, I'll have one or two episodes a month. Mm. And so I must point out, listeners, mm -hmm. we're recording this at 4am your time. Yes. (laughs) And you're brighter than I ever am in the middle of the day. Yes. (laughs) This is the, the joy of Adderall. So, so she uh, mentions Adderall and I've got a psychiatrist I've been seeing. The sleep doctor says, I don't want to prescribe lithium to you because of side effects and I don't prescribe it that often. There's ethical issues. So 
my sleep doctor and my shrink, they get together and do their doctor thing. They say, we don't want to give you lithium until you go into a nasty episode again. The side effects, you can look them up. Uh, Long-term usage, you will have thyroid damage. Uh, There's potential kidney problems. As Dr. Carl says, all drugs are poison. Full stop. What matters is the dosage. Correct. So they say, but you're already on Adderall for the reasons that people are normally on Adderall. Let's use this as a tool. So that seems to be working thus far. The side effects with Adderall is it throws my sleep patterns for a whirl. So it takes a fairly heavy dose to get moving in the morning, Mm -hmm. but because it kind of kicks around for a bit to get out of foggy brain as well as wake up, I get these weird sleep patterns and tonight I couldn't sleep. So I'm going to get up and... <laughs> Hence your on-the-herd mentality. Or- yeah. Ordinarily, people... I-, I prescribe episodes of this show to people in order to knock them out. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Can I just mention mm. something that I did read about previously? Oh, it would have been a few years ago in a Scientific American or a, a, one of the science journals. A drug called modafinil. Have you mm-hmm. heard of this? I've heard of it, and we've taken a look at it. We're still in an experimental stage. Yes, I think they hadn't got to the point where they were testing it on humans yet, but it was a drug that, from memory, I seem to remember that it was able to keep people awake for days on end and still maintain memory, because when you don't sleep, you're <laughs> you unable to... You, you get a little bit funny, but you're also unable to lay down long-term memories so the hippocampus is where your short-term memories are are stored as i understand it and then important stuff that typically has an emotional or uh, attachment to that particular memory is then recorded as you sleep but modafinil was able to get around that and i right i think we'd need to get a brain scientist on somebody who specializes in this but uh, if you get your hands on some gear hmm (laughs) Well, as far as the drugs go, I know we've discussed modafinil. Mm -hmm. I know it was discussed at one point, and we're taking the approach of we're going to use what gets a result. But one of the things that one of the doctors said, (laughs) that's why I go to her, she says, look, you're not having troubles right now. You've got a foggy brain problem. You're getting a response with Adderall. You've got a job that's really kind to you about working strange hours and they don't care. So if you can live with that side effect, let's go with that. But Mm -hmm. until you get into a big episode, let's not treat something that you don't have. Mm -hmm. Better to have the foggy brain than a busted thyroid, I would think. Right. And so with other drugs, it's kind of like, well, let's treat problems. Let's stay away from the prophylactic measures. This is definitely in my head. I have no idea what. Well, should we cut to Pat Robertson for an on-air diagnosis? Because uh, I'm fairly confident he'd say demons. I, I think you need some Jesus in your life. <laughs> Didn't sound old enough, I'm afraid. Mm. I think you need some Jesus in your life. <laughs> I, I think if, yeah, haven't you been doing dishes? Maybe your <laughs> yeah. wife isn't giving you enough sex. Mm. That, that, that's it, yeah. Mm. Yes, okay. well spotted. Very well. Well, Rich, thank you very much for coming on. I think that is just fascinating. And I do hope it all pans out for you and uh, that you're able to manage the condition with what you have. Oh, well, thanks. It's <laughs> the cards that I've been dealt. But please do feel free to give me a hard time about it because <laughs> it's a weird, it's a funny one. If nothing else, you should laugh at life. Mm. So. See, you often interact with me on Twitter and you're in a time zone where I, I wouldn't assume the US. I would sooner <laughs> assume the UK. And you can tweet at me at any point throughout the day. And I think, yeah. oh, wow. Okay, is he English? Is he UK? Whereabouts are you based? Very well. Rich, thank you very much for coming on The Herd Mentality and sharing your experiences. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Take there, care. there you go. Thank you for having me. Herd mentalists, hear me. Questionable Adam here from the year 2022, communicating to the past via the psychedelic hormone replacement drugs. Episode 63 was a shorter episode back in 2014 due to a very busy real-world schedule, and for that I apologize profusely. We'll be back to normal soon. Very quickly, I'd like to say thanks to Stuart and Paul for helping support the show at patreon.com forward slash herdmentality. Both pledge three whole earth dollars and thus get a silly hand-drawn count posted out to them. Must run. I have a pedicure in 20 minutes. Ta-da! Ladies and gentlemen, down the line with me from sunny England, I've got MTRs. Welcome. Hey, hey, Adam. How's it going? Extra good, extra good. Now, talk to me. You're involved in being an ex-Muslim. Yes, uh, it's it's not my full-time job, but yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine uh, with some of the apostasy laws, it could potentially be a full-time job just existing. Oh yeah, um, no, there there are lots of people who've left who uh, who who work around apostasy laws. Uh, it's quite a big topic, I think, uh, especially in places like Pakistan. Gotcha. But you're part of an organization and you're looking to expand. So what is the organization? I wouldn't say it's like a single organization. Basically, about two years ago, I was, as far as I was concerned, the only Muslim who'd ever left religion because, you know, it's a very isolated thing. And once I realized there was other people, we started sort of meeting up. It That's grown to now, in, in the UK, it's about 300, 400 people. In the US, they were starting at the same time we were and they've become XMNA, which is quite big and they're doing some fantastic work. So it's quite sort of grassroots. It's not really... A, it's quite decentralized. I absolutely love it because it's democratic. It's it's uh, global. Now we're, I'm looking at Australia. For those listening in Australia who perhaps are a Muslim or identify as a Muslim and haven't yet taken the step to identify as an atheist, if that's what they truly identify with, what's the best way that they can get involved and help and perhaps expand the presence down here? Well, um, I've been working uh, for about two months with someone called Noura, who's fantastic and and. We've been bringing in some people. So I think the best way right now is to actually get in touch with me. I'm, I'm openly sort of out there, so I'm not hard to get hold of. And if you're interested in working with us, just give me a shout and we'll plug you in. And because it's the early stages, there's sort of a staged process in how you build a community like that. Because, you know, you have to imagine there's security issues where we're worried about making sure people feel safe and making sure people feel able to uh, be comfortable in their own skin. It's a, it takes a bit of time to get started, but once it gets going, it really gets going. Gotcha. What sort of positions are available in Australia? I wouldn't say it's a positional thing. What, what you have is, I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example with London. So in the beginning, we had basically a ragtag group of people who just meet up. Uh, I would like text, say, 30 people uh, in a go, and they would all meet up. Then it became something where we had a separate profile, and people would just take the positions based on what they felt like contributing. At some point, though, we did have admin positions which were voted in. So these admins obviously worry about security. They worry about the safety of people. They're uh, very focused on uh, making sure females in particular felt uh, feel comfortable because often women might come from a more uh, aggressively conservative background. So we have to make sure that we're uh, taking care of everyone. And, you know, there's things like outreach. There's things like support we have a couple of therapists i mean we haven't really got into that as much as i'd like but we have people who help each other a lot it's quite a ragtag medley of people i think what's the best way to get in touch with you mts 
Yeah, so um, you can get in touch with me via email. My email address is imtiaz.tibur at gmail.com. And I, I'm pretty active, so I'll get in touch with you as soon as I can. Fantastic. I think you're doing a good thing. Well, I think it's it's not doing a good thing. It's 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 a necessity, you know. Like when you meet some of the young people who leave, and they're feeling so isolated. In the fe- I mean, it's it's like any human being who's gone through that and come out the other side would want to do something like this. I don't think it's a it's specific to individuals, you know. No, I understand. I agree. It's basic human morality. Yeah, something that atheists aren't really able to wipe away with a reference to an old book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very well, Imtiaz, thank you very much for coming on the show and broadening the reach. No, thanks for having me, Adam, and and for the work you're doing. Pleasure. All the best. Take care.